In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. You have no idea how long I've been looking forward to saying those words today and actually hearing a response inside this building. <laughs> it's hard to believe just how far we've come, isn't it? I'm not just talking about since Good Friday, either. Thirteen months ago, all of our lives changed overnight. And we were introduced to new ideas like safer at home and social distancing at the beginning, we thought that the viral wave would only last for a few weeks, and that Easter 2020 would be a great celebration of returning back to church together. Remember that? Well, a year's passed, and I'm so very, very thankful that we're actually together in our church home this morning. Are we completely back to the way things were pre-COVID? Not quite yet, but I think we're on the right track. And I, for one, am overjoyed at this resurrection. So all that being said, happy, happy Easter. It is the Sunday of the resurrection, and we are here to celebrate our risen Lord. And like every other Easter Sunday, we hear the story of Jesus' resurrection from several different scripture lessons, from different authors with different perspectives. But, you know, today, in today's science-driven and postmodern world, the idea of someone who we know has died somehow coming back to life and walking and talking can be a hard thing for us to wrap our heads around sometimes. Perhaps that's why those who wrote of Jesus' resurrection did so very deliberately. From St. John's Gospel that we heard this morning, we hear of Mary Magdalene's utter despair upon finding this empty tomb. What happened? Did someone steal my Lord's body? She may have asked herself. But her despair is turned to joy when she sees her Lord, who she thought was the gardener, meaning that she recognized him as a living, breathing human being with a real body that she could have touched. And in the reading from Acts, we hear the Apostle Peter testify to what he saw. He said, God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. It's no accident that Peter gives an eyewitness account and it's no accident that he points out that Jesus ate and drank with his disciples after he rose from the dead. Because we know that ghosts and spirits don't eat or drink. Peter was emphasizing the actuality and the physicality of Jesus' resurrected body. But today often we tell ourselves that we no longer believe in such legends because we know better. Because everything we have learned about the world has taught us that such stories simply cannot be true. And because educated and sophisticated people like us 
will not be manipulated by tales that the church uses to get us to do as we're told. Often we no longer buy into such things. But it might also be true that we no longer pay attention to such things because we've stopped believing that the resurrection of Jesus at Easter has any impact on our lives today. We've lost track of the meaning of the resurrection. And this means we've also given up on the idea that God could protect and save God's people, that he's leading us to salvation, and that he who rose from the dead is our hope that tomorrow will be different from all our yesterdays. Peter proclaims the meaning of Jesus' resurrection simply yet powerfully. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit when he was baptized by John the Baptist. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. He was put to death on that terrible cross, but God raised him on the third day. And everyone who believes in him is forgiven of sin. But before Peter says all this, he realizes something new about the God that he had been serving. He realizes that God doesn't show any partiality or any favor. Instead, God offers salvation and healing to all people. In Peter's original understanding, Jesus' message had only been for the Jews. But he's now realized that God loves everyone, unconditionally and without limit. For Peter, this was more than just a nice theological idea that made him feel good. God's impartiality forced Peter to actively change how he lived his life. He began to seek out the Gentiles, even though it was unlawful for a Jew to do that. He actively sought peace with them. And that's the focus of Peter's message this morning the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. This peace that Jesus brings to humanity is an active, reconciling kind of peace. Through his death on the cross, Jesus restored peace between God and us. And this peace between God and mankind makes possible peace between human beings. Don't we know how much our world today needs this peace? The polarization of our society seems to grow and grow every day. Republican versus Democrat, Protestant versus Catholic, rich versus poor, white versus black. It goes on and on and on. Sisters and brothers, Jesus' resurrection from the dead has the power to bring peace to divided peoples. His unconditional love is not only for you, but for your friends, for your enemies, and for those you will never, ever meet. His love is so great that it cannot be constrained by political or religious or socioeconomic boundaries. Whatever group of people you dislike the most, 
God loves them just as much as he loves you. So let us rejoice, for Christ is risen, making peace between God and humanity and extending love and forgiveness to anyone and everyone who will receive it. No matter how unworthy you may feel, no matter how many awful things you might have done in your life, no matter, God loves you. Let us be renewed and refreshed this morning with the joy of the resurrection. Let us leave this place believing that he who rose from the dead is our hope, that tomorrow will be different from all our yesterdays. For by his glorious resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ ushered in a peace that does pass all understanding. Peace for our souls, peace among a divided people, and peace for the world. Hallelujah. <laughs>